And the same way many of us have experienced that in this space today. So we're just grateful. Now, again, it is the PM service. So the chances are you have had what they call in Australia, potentially a nana nap this afternoon. Did you call that here? A nana nap? Yeah, okay, so maybe that's been you. You've had a little rest, a little nana nap. And now you're ready to get, maybe even a couple of coffees under your belt. And, uh, and it is the 5 p.m. service. So I'm believing this is gonna be the rowdiest service out of any of them. Okay, all right, maybe not yet. Okay, like, I gotta be honest with you, like the more you get into it, like the more you clap, cheer, shout, throw money, whatever you wanna do, right? <laughs> the more you get into it, I promise you, the quicker I'm gonna preach. Well, that's the pastor who's cheering the loudest right then. But anyways, I'm, I'm not, I'm like, he's hungry, okay. Oh, well, let's pray. Lord, we thank You for tonight. No, I'm joking. Okay, no. Um, but hey, uh, we do, um, I really believe the more you get into it, the more you're going to get out of it tonight. And so uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of fun. And uh, like I said, you're in a great space. And I just love your church, love what God's doing. And I just want to celebrate as well uh, your youth team uh, who are represented here. Can you give your youth team a massive round of applause on Friday night? They did. An exceptional job. The place was packed and it was, um, it was so, so good. And I also wanna give a shout out to the worship team tonight. How good were the worship team? You guys are great. So good. Does anyone else wish they could sing? Come on, do you ever turn on a, like, like on a song and you sing along, but you're kind of just miming because you like their voice better than yours? You know what I'm saying? Like you just get caught up and uh, you guys are great. And, 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 and uh, on the bass, what was your name? No. Your name's Elam. So we named this after you. That's phenomenal. That is amazing. But Elam, Elam, who plays at Elam, you are phenomenal. You did such a great job. I saw you MDing and leading it. Let's give Elam a huge shout. She's so cool. Come on, Elam. You're awesome, Elam. Great job. Hey, so... Um, so sitting on the front row tonight, um, I guess, and, and I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a little bit notorious for this. So um, I just want to also give one more shout out to the production team up the back who are usually never recognised unless something goes wrong, right? Come on, you guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you, Houston. The, the, the kind of little control centre there, Houston, we call it in our church. But um, hey, so I gave you guys some notes, but sitting on the front row, I really felt God put on my heart to speak about something else. Uh, so all the notes I sent you... Um, Peace be with you. Uh, we're not going to do that. So I felt just really encouraged. Again, given the current situation we are in, uh, I felt really important to preach into or speak into something different um, that I think is going to help us as a community. And again, if this is new, um, this is open to you. This is something you can have access to as well. And so we're going to turn in our Bibles. Uh, if you haven't got a Bible, just lean forward, pretend to get something from your feet. And you'll, you'll actually fool 99% of preachers that you brought a Bible to church. So what, let's try that right now. Why don't you lean forward and get your Bibles right now? Come on, just lean. Oh, dear Jesus. That's a lot of people, Pastor Steve. But anyways, <laughs> as, as I say, that was like resetting a huge game of guess who. That was, um, that was, that was considerable. Here we go. So um, one of the, my favourite books in the Bible, I mentioned uh, this in, in, um, in the Papakura um, service. Did you like that? Was that good? Yeah, I'm working on it. Uh, there's a book in the Bible called Proverbs. Proverbs is phenomenal because Proverbs is really, um, if you're new to the faith journey and this is all new to you and you're thinking, where do I start in this book called the Bible? Um, I, I, I would definitely say you could just about start anywhere, probably not at the end. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, okay, just don't. Just, just don't. Um, you'll get around to that later. But, uh, but I think there's a really good place to start, um, which is actually the book of Proverbs. Interesting enough, uh, Proverbs has 31 chapters. It's short, pithy, punchy chapters that you could actually read every single morning. There's 31 of them, which means you could read one a day over the course of a month. And they're all so applicable. They're so, uh, they're so tangible and attainable for our everyday life. Now, um, here's the thing. We say this in our church that um, they're so powerful and amazing that we, we say this, a proverb a day keeps stupid away. Okay, that's how we say it. Like it, it actually is that, it's applicable to our lives. And, and the guy who wrote it, um, he would honestly say that everything he wrote in this book was not his wisdom, but it was God's. It wasn't just his intellect. It wasn't just a really smart guy who had a whole bunch of cool little sayings. No, it was actually a guy who believed that everything he had, including his wisdom, came from a divine source. It came from God. And he actually wrote this, and, and it, it, this is a powerful, powerful. Now, maybe you're new to church, this is new to you, but maybe you've been around church. You've heard this before, and I hope to shed some new light on this scripture. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says this Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Hey, listen, don't depend on your own understanding. Verse 6 says, Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. One more time. Everyone say this word, trust. Say trust. Okay, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. A tiny bit of your heart. Un poquito your heart. That's Spanish for a little bit. Okay, look. No, he says trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend. He doesn't say don't use your own understanding. He says just don't depend on it. He says you're allowed to use your own understanding, but don't depend on it all the time because it won't always lead you the right way. Depend on the Lord, or depend, so do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. He'll show you which path to take. Uh, tonight, uh, for, for those people that are, uh, are taking notes and, and, and are you're wanting to go to heaven, I want you to do this. I want you to write this down, okay? Um, that was a joke. You should have laughed. Anyway, so uh, I want to speak to you from the topic of um, trust issues. Trust issues. I want you to turn the person next to you say with a smile, <laughs> you've got some trust issues. If you say it with a smile, it almost takes out the edge, the sting. <laughs> you've, got some, you've got some trust issues, truly. I do as well. Okay, um, and I always have one big point that I want to make because typically when we come to church, we hear a message and, and, and we usually get what I call Christian amnesia, which, which means, um, do you know what I'm talking about Christian amnesia? Um, where you go to church and you walk away from church, you bump into someone that didn't come to church and they'll say, oh, how was church? And you're like, oh my gosh, it was amazing, it was so great. And they'll say, oh, what did they preach about? And you're like, um, Jesus, right? Because that's just the easiest way, right? <laughs> Such a, it's a get getaway free card with that one. But so I, I try and do this. I try and narrow it down to this one point, one portable point uh, that starts as me talking to you, a monologue here tonight, but maybe become a dialogue in circles and conversations this week, okay? So here's my big point. If you write this down, you can write this down, put it in your phone, whatever you wanna do. Here we go. My big point is this. God's goal is actually not just to get you from A to B. God's goal is to get you from doubt to trust. So that one more time. God's goal is actually not just to get you from A to B. God's goal isn't necessarily a destination as much as there is one involved. His goal is actually to get you from doubt to trust. Doubt to trust. 
And we're going to unpackage that thought here in the next few moments we have together. But hey, why don't we bow our heads and let's pray. Let's commit this moment to God. So God, we thank You for everything You're doing in this church. As we prayed already, Lord, we thank You, God, that Your perfect love casts out all fear. So God, we would be believers here tonight who are, who are actually open to and overrun by Your perfect love. So let fear not be in our hearts, Lord, as difficult as it can be, God. We choose to not listen to that voice, but to allow Your perfect love to invade our world. So tonight, I thank You that as we come around Your Word, we would give You a blank canvas. Lord, speak to us, Lord, as only You can. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so um, uh, how many people here by show of hands? How many people here, you are married? Give me a little wave, all the married people. Yes. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I just saw a 16-year-old dude put his hand up. That's weird. But anyway, yeah, that's right. I saw you. Um, uh, okay, how many people, okay, you're married. Uh, how many people are happy about that? Maybe I should have done a message on marriage. Okay, anyway, that was very underwhelming. Okay, how many people here, you are single, ready to mingle? Give me a little wave. Yes, okay, keep your hand up, keep your hand up. Look around the room. You're welcome. No, <laughs> keep the distance, keep the distance. Um, okay, so for, for me, um, I, I, I've been married this year, 18 years, 18 years of marriage uh, to my wife, Alana. Yeah, thank you very much. That's, oh, okay. Uh, 18 years of marriage to my wife, Alana, and uh, it, it's been amazing. But when I got married, um, I, I didn't just marry into, uh, I didn't just marry an amazing, beautiful woman, smart, attractive, all of these things, um, but I actually married into a culture. Now, when I got married, I married into an Italian family. Or Italian, depends on how you want to say it, right? Is there, any, is there any Italians in the place? Give me a little wave if you are Italian. No? Wow, there is none. That is interesting. Okay, well, let's, let's open Pandora's box. This is going to be awesome. Okay, so I, um, so I married into a, an Italian family. Now, again, um, uh, the Italians, um, they're, they're, they're very passionate about two things. They're very passionate about family. Like, you don't cross us. If you do, you die, right? And they're also very equally passionate about Food. So food and family is the Italian way. Now I just, I'm just, I'm just, just, just the Anglo-Saxon. I don't even know what I am. Like I'm just a kid from the northern beaches of Sydney. We don't have much culture in our family. We don't really have a lot of family. Like my family's close, but we're not, we're not Italian close. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's close and there's Italian close. Okay. So, so I didn't know much about that, but when I married into it, that that is what I married into. So my wife is um, because she's very. Um, Look, she wouldn't say that she is aggressive about food. No, I am passionate. She seems to be the only one who can defeat, like, find out exactly where the line is between aggression and passion, but she's, she's passionate. Is anyone else passionate about food? You're a, you're a foodie. Come on, you love the food. Yeah, okay. So she's very passionate about food to the point where um, uh, she always feels like I need to eat what she's eating. You need to taste this. Now, I don't know where you're at, but um, I, find it, I find the female specimen very unusual in the fact that every time they have food, they feel like they either need to share it or by, by, what they mean by sharing is that I want yours. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's what it means. I don't want any chips. I'll just have your chips, which is code word for I'm going to eat all your chips. <laughs> And there's nothing you can do about it, right? Okay, so, so, so that is, that is, uh, that, that's, that, that's my wife. So we will, we will order food and she's like, no, I just, I just want to, I, I just, I just want to share. I just want to share the food. I said, baby, oh, I don't want to share because for me, I like enjoying my own culinary experience. I want to eat my meal. I want to enjoy my meal. You enjoy your meal. Later on, we can talk about how much we enjoyed our separate meals. <laughs> but no, she wants to 
share meal. She's always trying to force it into me. She's like, you've got to try this. I said, sweet, I don't want to try it, baby. I don't want to try it. You've got to try it. I said, sweetheart, I don't want to try it. You have to try it. I'm like, oh, okay, take it easy, Legion. Okay, so she gets excited. That's a joke. Um, but, but then, um, so, 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 so the, when we first got married, um, there was one particular food she said, you must taste. You must taste this. And up until, again, we got married at 20, uh, dated from 16 to 20, so four years, high school sweethearts. And, and, and when we got married, she, she realised that in my life up until that point, I had never, ever, ever tasted avocado. Shock, horror, I know. I saw the gasp around the room. Everyone's like, oh, you call yourself a Jesus follower. Okay, like, <laughs> but I had I, never tasted avocado because when I saw the texture of it, the look of it, I'm like, why would I want to eat something that looks like it's already been chewed on? Just a thought, right? So, so she's always trying to force feed me. She's like, you just got to taste the avocado. I said, sweetheart, I don't want to taste the avocado. Taste the avocado. I don't want the avocado. Taste the avocado. I don't want, she's now, she's borderline. It's not aggression, it's passion, right? So she's trying to force feed it to me to the point where she will not relent. Why? Because she's Italian. She's passionate, especially about food. So she, she just won't let it go. So like we'll be in bed in the middle of the night. She'll roll over, taste the avocado. I'm like, no, I don't want the avocado. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in the shower. She just pop it against the screen. Taste the avocado. I'm like, no. I'll be in the surf. A little snorkel pops up. Taste the avocado. Like, I don't want the avocado, right? I'm, I'm, I'm over it, right? So this keeps going on and on and on to, to the point where I break. I'm like, I cannot keep up with this bombarding, this barraging. And so I'm like, fine, give me the avocado. And I take the avocado that was in a spoon and I put it in my mouth and suddenly my world changed. My taste buds are high-fiving each other. Yes, you know. <laughs> They're worshipping, like worthy is the avocado, right? Like they are getting caught up in the moment. And here's the thing, for so long I had resisted something that I actually now thoroughly enjoy. All because I wasn't willing to taste and see. Interesting enough, when the Psalmist David talked about his relationship with God, he never talked about it merely in, in, the, in the category of intellect. You need to know God and you need to know more about this. Now, I agree with all of those things. But what he did say, however, in Psalms 34 verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. So what we're trying to do here, just so you know, what church is about, it's not about force feeding people faith. You need to trust God more. You need, no, I believe we need to live our lives in such a compelling way because of the way we enjoy, come on, our relationship with God, that the byproduct is I want what she's having. I want what he's, what are you tasting that I'm not in this life? Well, really, it's just because I've, I've tasted and seen that God is good. And we can taste and see of many, many things, but how many people know the Lord trumps them all? That when you actually experience God, it changes the way you live this life. Right. Now, here's the thing. I think when it comes to the concept of faith, of trusting God, like I'm a church kid. I don't know about you, but if, give me a little wave if you grew up in church. You're a church kid. I always felt like, you know, like how many people you, you weren't a church kid? You're just pretty recent to this whole thing. Like, yeah, good on you. That's good. Okay, that's, that's like it's come. Yeah, most of the pastors. Okay, Andrew, anyway, so, <laughs> so um, but, but here's the thing. I, I always felt like it's something that, that unintentionally, like, man, you just got to try this. Man, you just got to have, man, what's wrong? Like, you've got, and it wasn't forced on me by word, but I always had this perception that, man, man, I, I just should trust God more. What's wrong with me? I need this. And, and, and it was just a weird experience for me growing up in church until I experienced it for myself. 
And then I started to take a journey into the concept of faith. What is faith? What is it? Well, faith is two sides to one coin. Faith by definition is intellectual assent. In other words, I believe that there is a God. That's what faith is, it's intellectual. Yes, I believe it, but the same coin has another side and guess what it is? It's trust. Faith is intellectual assent and it is trust. So, So put it this way, intellectual assent will tell me the chair is, come on, there is a chair in there. There's a chair, right? There's a chair. That's what intellectual assent tells me. But trust is, I use the chair. I sit in the chair. I enjoy the comfort of the chair. So what I've found to be true about most people, even within the church, is that people have a concept that, yes, I believe there is a God. I believe He is there. But my question is not, do you believe He is there, but do you trust Him? Do I actually trust Him? See, what I know in my own life is that I say it on the outside, but a lot of the times I don't believe it on the inside. Come on, let's, let's be honest. We say bold faith statements. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. But on the inside, I'm like, oh, I don't really know. Like we have some trust issues. Like, have you ever, let, me put, let me put it this way. Have you ever struggled to trust someone or something? Give me a little wait. If you haven't, come on, you must be like, what, six months old, right? Okay, like everyone has struggled. Everyone has had their trust broken in, in someone or something. Like for instance, it's something I do not trust, right? I do not trust hammocks. I can't trust hammocks. I don't. I don't trust them. Here's the reason why I don't trust hammocks. When me and my wife were dating, she had a hammock at her house and she was out the back and she's like, why don't you hop in the hammock? I said, cool, I'll hop in. So I hop in the hammock and she starts swinging. I'm like, this is amazing. Is this what relationships look like? Have you got a, a palm leaf and a cocktail? Like what's going, like this is awesome. And she's, I'm like, this is, so, and then she gets this look in her eye and it kind of like, it's like they glaze over and go black. I don't know what was going on. And she starts swinging the hammock up really high like this. And I'm up, I'm like, oh, this is not. And I'm like, cause I'm a guy, I'm like laughing, but I'm scared laughing. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm freaking out, right? And she swings me out. And as it goes up to the highest arc it can go, it snaps and poof, I hit the tiled floor beneath the hammock. Here's the thing, ever since then, if I see a hammock, I kind of like, I, I don't want to put full trust in it. I put one hand in, one leg in, one leg out, just in case it happens again. Why? Why? Because we, by human default, universalise our problems. If something breaks our trust and it looks similar to that thing that did it, then most likely it will break my trust as well. Come on, let's be real. Oh, I went to church once and they broke my trust and this is a church, so most likely they'll probably dress, they'll break my trust as well, right? Like I had a relationship, but he, he broke my trust, so most men are gonna be untrusting. Why? Because we universalise our problems. And once we've had an experience of broken trust, it's hard to trust Again, but I'm here to declare to you tonight the good news of the Gospel, that God is a God who will never break your trust. Come on, man will break your trust. I'm sorry to say it. Even church and people can break your trust because we are not perfect. God is perfect and He never breaks it. So this is where we come to the Proverbs. But basically, Solomon's saying this, um, again, recognised as one of the wisest people to ever walk the face of the earth outside of Jesus Himself. He is there and He said, you know what, i I've basically done it all. If you, read his, if you read his journey, even in Ecclesiastes, we know that Solomon, he didn't just try the good side, he tried the bad side. Yeah. 
He said, I've had it all. I've had all the success. I've had all the relationships. I've had everything. But he came to this conclusion and they believe a lot of theologians that when he wrote Proverbs 23, although it's at the beginning of Proverbs, it wasn't written at the beginning of his life. It was more written at the end. That this was something he penned once in an old age that what I've come to the conclusion of is that I have learnt the best way to live this life is to trust the Lord with all my heart and stop leaning on my own understanding. So really, he realised that the whole time he's been with God, God has not been trying to get Solomon from A to B. He's trying to get Solomon from doubt to trust. So I don't know about you, but does anyone else want to go from doubt to trust with God? So, so this is where we're going to answer this question. The next few moments we have together, how do we go from doubt to trust? Because the truth is we've got trust issues. Like if we're really honest, come on. Let, 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 this is like a support group here. How many people have ever struggled to trust God? Okay, why do leave me hanging, buddy? Okay, that's great. Come on, like, we've all, like, now keep your hand up, look around the room, right? You're amongst good friends here. To be Christian, to be a Jesus follower does not mean I won't ever struggle to trust God because I will. But it's what I do when that mistrust or that broken trust, what do I do in those moments? And the idea is not to go to my own understanding, but to keep coming back to not necessarily just my trust, but His faithfulness. So how do we go from doubt to trust? How do we, go, how do, we do that? Well, well, first things first, this is going to blow your mind, you ready? These are profound points. This, this points. This is like years and years of theological study. Um, number one, if you want to go from doubt to trust with God, well, first things first, you've got to know God. Whoa. Where does he get this stuff? I know, right? <laughs> it's amazing. I should have a doctor in front of my name by now. Like it's profound. But, but it, what I'm saying by this, it, the, this is what the, the proverb writer says. He says, listen, um, I'm going to, Trust God. In other words, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to trust a principle. I'm going to trust the person. And, and here's what I found to be true about most believers. Can I speak to the believers here tonight? That for a lot of us, the truth is we believe in God, but we actually don't know Him well enough. Yeah, I believe you're there in intellectual sense. God, you're there. But do I actually know the God that I believe is there? Okay, I still haven't got you. Um, again, one of my favourite games go- growing up was definitely the game Guess Who. Come on, we just did that before, right? Okay, so Guess Who was awesome. You, you, you like, does your player have a moustache? No. Tick, 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 tick. Is he wearing a beret? No. Tick, 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 tick. Is he bald? Yes. Tick, tick, tick. Is it Pastor Steve? No, I'm joking. Okay, I'm, I had to walk. Sorry. You look great, by the way. Very nice. So, so here's the thing. By process of elimination you determine the final character. And here's what I need to speak to believers here tonight. The reason why we struggle to trust God is because we have not come to, come on, we're playing too much guess who with God as opposed to eliminating all the things we don't know He is by looking at His Word. When you look at His Word, you start to realise His character. And when I know His character, I can trust the person, not just a principle or an idea or an ethereal thing. No, I have a trust because I know Him. Can we, come on, let's kick it old school for a little bit. Can we start reading our Bibles in the morning again? Like, let's just go there for a moment. Why? Not because it's a religious demand. It's because if I'm going to trust someone, I want to know them. And if I know Him, I will trust Him more. Now listen, come on, parents in the room, you would never entrust what was precious to you, your kids, to a perfect stranger. You wouldn't. You'd make sure that you knew them, you knew their character, you knew they're going to be safe. And in the same way, some of you got precious dreams, you got precious plans and purposes. And the reason why you don't trust God yet with them is because you actually don't know Him well enough yet. 
And when you know him, you go, man, how could I not trust him? Like when I go through his word, I see who he is. I see what he has done on my behalf. And now how could I not help but trust him? So don't read your Bible because that's what Christians do. Read your Bible because that's how you get to know who you believe in in the first place and know what He is capable of. So firstly, you've got to know God. So that's how you're going to go from doubt to trust. Just start to know Him. Read your Bible. Crazy, right? The second thing is um, it's not only just know God, but catch this, this is again, it's profound. You ready? You need to trust God. I always get people say, James, your message is so simple. I actually think messages should be simple because it's the simplicity of the good news of the gospel. It's not meant to be. Listen, the more you follow Jesus, not the harder it should get in knowing Him, you'll find it simpler. It's actually easier. Oh my gosh, He's so clear. It's so evident now. And I believe this, that if you want to really get to go from doubt to trust, you've got you've to trust God. He says, listen, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So what I mean by trust is not just trust. I'm talking about all your heart trust. So I think there's four types of trust, okay? In my experience, this has been it. There is what I would call human trust. In other words, I have a human, like everyone has to trust someone. Very difficult in life to be untrusting of anyone, would you agree? We all need to trust someone and when we don't trust anyone at all, it's very hard to do life. We're made to live in community. We're made to live with one another. But how many people know that human trust is easily broken? So I'm not saying, however, that you should never trust people. I'm just saying that trust can fail sometimes. So there's human trust. Secondly, there's hollow trust. Hollow trust is the trust that has the veneer and the shell of looking very godly, but it's quite hollow on the inside. Yeah, I believe in God, but on the inside, there's no depth. There's no substance. There's no real, it's just like, I just say it, but I don't actually believe it. So there's human trust, there's hollow trust. And then there's this, this is, this, this is where I'm actually often, this is where you'll find me mostly, okay? It's what I would call... Um, I call it half-cheek trust. Let me explain. (laughs) Listen, like if this chair is symbolic of God and my trust in Him, I find myself like half-cheek. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, God, I kind of, like I do, but I've just got one leg on the ground just in case. It's half-cheek. It's like, and and I actually, I found this to be true, um, that when everything's going good, this is me, I go back to my own understanding. When everything's going bad, I'm like, oh God, where are you? But it's half. It's one in, one out. So there's human trust, there's hollow trust, there's half-cheek trust. And then there would be, last but not least, God's intention is holy trust. Holy trust. Now, as soon as you think that word, you're already like, great. (laughs) You think holy, you think, ah, like that's the holiness. I should be permeating the glory of the Lord because I am holy and... But you know what holy, the word holy means? It means perfect. So God says crazy things like this. Be holy as I am holy. That's encouraging. Oh, that easy, huh? Sign me up. But guess what? Holy trust is actually not something you conjure up in yourself. Holy trust is a gift from God. So God's goal, again, is not to get you from A to B. He's gonna get you from doubt to trust. He doesn't want you to get you just in that place of half-cheek trust. He wants you to fully trust, to not lean on your understanding, but depend on the Lord with all your heart. Holy trust. Now, here's the thing. I struggle with this. 
I really do. I struggle. Because I'm like God. And, and, and I, I, I talk a big game. I, do, I tell people, man, yeah, let's believe God for a city. Let's believe God for this. But there's certain areas in my life where I'm like, oh, God, I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of like this. And you're all looking at me like so perfect right now. Like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you do that. Come on, does anyone else want to join the support group here tonight? Like, has anyone else been there, right? Like, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. And, and, and I'm like, God, I just, I have this desire within me to do that. But man, that's so hard. Like, I want to have a perfect trust in you, but I am struggling to do it. Some of you, your faith journey has actually been shipwrecked because you think how, somehow and somewhere along the line that perfect trust in God is something you need to conjure up in yourself. And you thought, well, I can't do that, so I may as well just go back to doing it and trusting in me again. But there's this crazy story in the Bible, my favourite story. I talked about it at Papakura this morning. There's a guy in the Bible in the book of Mark. Everyone say Mark. Mark. If you're South African, say Mark. Okay, there you go. Okay, so Mark is, um, he tells this story about a man who has a boy. His boy is actually... Um, he has a spirit on him that causes him to throw himself into water and fire. And it's a very, very sad story. He comes to the disciples. The disciples can't do anything about it. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to cut out the middle management. I'm going to Jesus. So he goes to Jesus. The Bible says, Jesus said, what happened? What's going on? And he tells him the story. And, and, and he says to Jesus, do you reckon you could heal my son? Do, like, if you can, could you do this? Jesus' response is, if I can. He said, anything is possible for those who believe. And here's the man's response. Here's what he says, which I am so comforted by. He says, you know what? I do believe, but help me with my unbelief. Hold on a sec. (laughs) Whoa, 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 time out, champ. You said you do believe and then you have unbelief, which to me is what? It's this. Maybe that's you here today. Like, I do believe, but help me with the other leg. (laughs) Help me with the rest of the process. And he says, would you help me with my unbelief? And God, He moves in a miracle moment for him. Why? Because in that moment, that man got an idea of faith that no one up until that point, except for the centurion soldier had got, that this thing of faith is not something I conjure up in me. It is a gift from God itself. So when I struggle to trust God, it's not that I should just go, well, I'm struggling, God. Well, I better just give in. If you're struggling to trust, ask Him to help you to trust. Come on, we're in the midst of some pretty dark times. And what you need right now is not to go to half check. Well, I think it's going to be okay. I'm trusting God. Instead, say, God, would you help me to trust you with all my heart? Because God, I'm struggling right now. Listen, you're about to come into Vision Sunday and and all these great things as a church. And part of you is going to say yes. And then part of you is going to say, oh, if you can. And the prayer of the believer is not just to say, well, I'm going to stay in this middle ground of if you can, but like it's God saying, well, you can ask me and I can give you a trust inside of you that'll change the way you live this life. So it's not just to have a, like, again, let's go through these points again, that we actually have to a point where we get to know God. We ask God to help us to trust Him. Then last but not least, it's just this ongoing process, point number three of just including Him. So the proverb, he says it like this. He says, listen, trust in the Lord with all your might, all your heart, another translation says, and lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. So so really this whole trust thing with God is actually not, um, it's not just tonight. I'm gonna pray a prayer and from here on in, you're gonna be trusting God every day of your life. Yeah, you're welcome. No, that's not how this works. 
It's actually wake up tomorrow and say, God, well, today has new challenges. Today has new trials, some new potentials. Lord, I'm going to include you in today because I'm, in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you so that you will make my paths straight. God, I just want to include you. And here's what, do you know what brings joy to the heart of God? It's not that you arrived at that pay rise. Not that you arrived at my marriage is now better. Not that you arrived at all of these destinations that you have in your heart. His, his ultimate thing that brings joy to his heart is that you trusted me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I wanted, was that you would trust me with every step of the journey. You just kept on acknowledging me. That was where I was trying to get you the whole time. Not a destination, just from doubt to trust. So as we close here tonight, I ask the keys player to come and I'll, I feel like this is an important word for us because the truth is, if we're really honest, we've got some trust issues. We do. Like we are struggling to trust many things, but a lot of us here in this room, we're struggling to trust God. God, I just don't, I just don't know if I can trust you with this. I don't know if I can trust you with the next few weeks with what's happening in our world, right? And like, God, I'm struggling. I don't know if I can trust you just with my kids because I don't want them to, to do what I did when I was growing up. Man, I struggle to trust you. God, I'm struggling to trust you with the dream in my heart. Like, God, I'm struggling. And listen, your lack of belief is not turning him off. It's not. He's not like, oh, oh, okay. Don't trust me, don't believe me. Do it yourself. He's still there. He's just waiting, saying, cool, I can help you with that as well. I can help you with that unbelief if you want. Just include me. Let me in. I can give you faith. I can give you trust. I can put such a hope in you because you start to know my character and you start to know who I am. And now you start to walk into every day going, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who is leading every single day with me. And I know his character and I know what he does. So I know I can trust him. And I just keep including him. So again, say it one more time. God's goal. It's not about A to B. It's about doubt to trust. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes as we finish? As a church, you realise as you go into Vision Sunday, God is going to ask you to trust Him more. And He's going to give this church visions and dreams that are far bigger than this church's capacity and ability right now. And He loves it. And He will put this church in situations where you have to trust Him. Why? Because that's just what He wants. Just trust me. Include me. I'm here for you. And tonight, there's a couple of people in this room and the truth is you, um, you're struggling to trust God. You're struggling. You, and, and, and listen, you've walked in this room, you think, oh, but, but I'm supposed to be a Christian. Is there something wrong with it? No, it's actually quite normal. Do you realise most of the heroes of the faith that are written about in Hebrews, every single one of them had struggled to trust God and made a whole bunch of decisions in their own strength and own effort, but God was still there. And He even refers to them as heroes of the faith. Why? Because it's not about a destination of you better do this in your own strength. No, no. It's just God saying, I'm here. Always have been, always will be. Will you trust me? So maybe you're here tonight, you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you haven't trusted Him with your life yet. I'd love to include you in a prayer as we finish. And you say, God, I'm sick of leaning on my own understanding. And he, he's not, we're not trying to force feed you something. I'm not. What I am saying, will you taste and see that He is good? 
Will you actually taste and see? It's far better than you think. Would you trust Him with your life? So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, and you're saying, I've never prayed that prayer, but tonight I know I need to trust God with my life, then I'm gonna include you in a prayer. I'm not gonna get you out of your seats. It's just a moment between you and God, but I'd love to lead you in that prayer. So that's you on the count of three. Lift your hand. Here we go. One, God loves you. Two, He wants relationship with you. Would you let Him in? Here we go right now. Three, just stick your hand up there and say, that's me. Include me in that prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Who else is there? I need relationship.